This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Today I'm talking with Vic Green from Greener Beauty. So Greener Beauty is an online store where you can find all the ethical, vegan, cruelty-free and natural beauty products that you love all in one place. So we spoke a lot about Vic's inspiration for setting up her business, how she actually went about it, um, sort of the vigorous testing she goes through for every product that lands on her site. We spoke about her advent calendar, which is available to buy as you listen to this right now. We also spoke about an experience Vic had with another company earlier this year, a bigger, well-known company, and um, she has a bit of a cautionary tale that I think we can hopefully all learn from. So I would now love to introduce you to Vic and for you to hear her story. So hi Vic, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm so excited to talk to you today. So let's start with you, please give an introduction to yourself, your business and what you sell. Uh, So hi everyone, my name's Vic and my business or my baby as I like to call it is called Greener Beauty and basically I'm like someone called me the ethical version of Boots once which is quite accurate. I sell lots of different brands of products that are all vegan and cruelty free, ethical, um, natural and a lot of plastic free as well. Amazing, thank you. And what was your inspiration for doing that? Yeah, um, when I first set up the business, um, so we've been running for about five, will be five years early next year. Um, I'd been vegan for about five years at that point. And um, I was really finding it so frustrating because I knew all the good products and I knew all the good brands um, and being very passionate about natural beauty, which is not so easy to find on the high street. um, I was having to shop at like multiple different websites you know, I'd have to get my deodorant from one place, my toothpaste from somewhere else. And I just thought like, I can't be the only person having this problem. So it just sort of one day I was like, that's it. I'm going to do it myself. And, you know, and luckily lots of other people have have found me and used me as well. But initially it was for selfish reasons, really. (laughs) I just set it up for me because I wanted to, to have everything in one place. Now that make that makes total sense. And I think, as you probably found out, because you were experiencing that issue there probably are so many other people out there with exactly the same thing because yeah yeah I find that myself you just can't get all the products you want in in one place because there is there isn't like a 
well um, until you came along there wasn't like a boots for beauty products that were sustainable and ethical yeah and it was it was frustrating like the amount of time I stood in various shops like checking labels and researching the brands do they test on animals who are they owned by you know what is their ethical stance and it just like shopping became such a mission you know I expect though that research has paid off now though hasn't it because I was about to ask you yeah how you research (laughs) products for your site and I guess having sort of gone through all that which must have been quite painful I guess that did give you a bit of a head start when choosing which brands you were going to include Oh, 100%. I think when we launched, we launched with about 35, 40 brands, which is quite unusual for, you know, a startup business to have that volume of products. I mean, you know, we've probably threefolded that now. But um, yeah, 100%. Like when as soon as the idea came to me, I knew exactly what brands I wanted to start with. So yeah, it really did help. Well, that's great. So it sounds like you, so you knew which brands you wanted. So how did you go about sort of do the sourcing side of it? Yeah, um, I think honestly, I, I'm i a very spiritual person. So for someone who's not, this might sound a bit hippie, but I do feel that if you're on the right path, that things will align and things will just happen as they're meant to happen. And I was just very lucky. Um, one of the brands I wanted to stock, um, I contacted their distributor in the UK. And do you know what? He's been amazing. Like I still talk to him on a weekly basis now. And he put me in touch with other distributors and he sort of like, he almost handheld me to start the business up. Um, so whereby I was like, I knew what, knew what brands I wanted. I didn't know how to go about getting them. He was a big support to me, to be honest. Well, that's amazing. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I'm just curious, and you don't need to sort of go into detail, but are you expected as a small business to, to buy quite large quantities or are distributors sort of okay? Are you just testing the waters, as it were? Yeah, I think it depends. So some of the products we, we sell, we buy directly from the brands and brands tend to have a larger minimum order quantity. Um, when you're shopping from a distributor, you tend to be able to buy in lower volumes Um, And to be honest, that's what we tend to do because they're natural products. We prefer to order more frequently from suppliers and make sure that everything is fresh as possible and not keep a huge volume of stock. So, yeah, I mean, it it very much depends. Yeah, that does. That makes total sense, though, actually. And I didn't think about the fact that obviously because they're natural products, they're not packed full of preservatives. You don't want to have them sitting around for months or years. No, absolutely. So, you know, it's it works really well to order in low volumes. I mean, the brands that sell well, obviously, you want to keep a larger volume because you don't want to be ordering every other day. But yeah, I mean, it definitely works for us. And how do I'm just I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going I'm asking so many questions that I didn't prepare you for because I'm really interested. <laughs> okay. But given that now you stock, you know, more presumably more brands than you started five years ago. I mean, oh, you must have hundreds of SKUs now. How are you keeping Thousands. on top of stock management? Because that um, must be a full-time job. Yeah, it pretty much is, to be honest. We probably have, so we have around 5,000 product lines now. Wow. So it is it is a huge volume of stock. Um, and it is a weekly job. <clears throat> um, and we're a very small team here. We're not like a team of hundreds or thousands, you know. So it, it does take up an amount of time to ensure that we have stock. But that's just part and parcel as we get bigger and as as we make more and more sales I think that will get even easier 
but for now I mean it's manageable that's good and obviously you've grown tremendously in five years in terms of even if we just even in just terms of the amount of brands and and SKUs that you're stocking so how are you going about finding new products to add are you get are you finding that businesses are coming directly to you now or are you still going out and looking or is it a bit of both it is definitely a bit of both we get contacted an awful lot by brands who want to to work with us which is amazing you know when you set up you never think that's going to happen but we probably get about 10-15 brands contact us a week which is just incredible um and then we also you know social media is great to see what other brands are out there you know the influencers and people we follow what products they're using they we quite often find out new brands through those people um so it's a real mix um I mean I think we're quite unique I I have super sensitive skin I have really bad eczema as a child and that's why I'm really passionate about natural beauty um but what sets us apart from a lot of other brands is we test all the products we sell first so if a brand contacts us, it does not necessarily mean they will definitely be retailing their products. We get the products in, we test them, which is so hard, isn't it? Awful just having to use all these new products. What a terrible job. <laughs> oh, it's so hard. Um, and then obviously if the products are good enough, then we would we would retail them. And we don't retail all we test. I would say we probably only retail about 40% of what we test. Just because, you know, we might not think the price point is right or it doesn't smell that great or it doesn't do what it says it's going to do or you know there could be loads of different reasons but yeah we probably only take on about 40 percent of what we test oh that's amazing and I think that's also really good um for everyone to know that you know you're not just stocking every product and every brand out there that you are going through this process and actually in terms of the criteria what other things are you looking for so if a brand wanted to be stocked with you um what are some of the other things because obviously you know no no animal testing and um is it 100% vegan products what are some of the other things so yeah everything's 100% vegan everything is cruelty free um we don't have any brands that um have animal testing parent companies so they won't be owned by the likes of L'Oreal or Estee Lauder or you know Johnson Johnson, Procter Gamble I mean the list goes on right I'm not not gonna tell you all of them but yeah Uh, so we don't have any brands that are owned by parent animal testing parent companies Um, and we also don't sell any brands that sell in China now China's a bit of a wobbly one because there was a law change out there So for anyone who didn't know, for a long time, China have only allowed products to be sold in China that were tested on animals. Um, And recently that was changed, but it's not for all beauty products. There are definite loopholes, but we we made a stance and we've decided we just won't sell any brands that sell in China. And until the law changes 100%, that won't change. Well, that's fantastic. And it's great that, yeah, I think people, you're really giving me the sense that people can buy of you with so much confidence that you've done all the due diligence for them. Because I guess coming back to what you were saying earlier, um, you can spend a long time reading labels and Googling and trying to work out, okay, is this product actually ethical? And it's really nice to know that you've done all the work. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a lot of work. I mean, when we sign up with new brands, we make them sign a contract to ensure that if anything changes in their circumstances but as soon as it does they let us know so if they're going to sell out to L'Oreal that's obviously their choice but they have to tell us and at that point we decide not to sell them even if it's my favorite mascara it would be hard but that would be it yeah no that would be that would be yeah hard and really sad as well so I hope that isn't something that happens 
I really hope that isn't it, something that happens too often. It hasn't happened at all in the oh, five years good. we've been going. So really it's not something that I foresee because a lot of the brands I work with are really ethical brands. So, you know, they're unlikely to sell out to the big, the big animal testing giants. Yeah, I would have thought so, because I guess they're coming from a very similar place, aren't they? Yeah. Although, I mean, I, what I always find interesting is Anita Roddick with the body shop, because she obviously sold out to L'Oreal and her plans were to change L'Oreal from the inside, which unfortunately due to her health, that never happens. But, you know, ethical people obviously have a different stance and everyone has a different way of doing things. So never say never. I hope it never happens, but you never know. Yeah. So let's um, talk a little, if you don't mind, talk a little bit more about your advent calendar. So I know we're going completely off topic, but I know this has been a massive thing, but there's been a a lot of hard work. So can you start by telling everybody what your advent calendar is? And then we'll talk a bit more about how you developed it. Yeah. um, My advent calendar, I have to say, like if Greener Beauty was my baby, like this, this would be the main, the main part of it. Like it takes so much time. Um, I think this year I started working on it in April and I've decided next year I'm going to start even earlier because there still wasn't early enough, which is ridiculous, isn't it? The sun's shining outside and everyone's talking about where they're going on on summer holidays and I'm sitting looking at Christmas designs. (laughs) But we, um, so basically what I do is I pull in lots of different brands. They're all brands that I love. They're all products I love. Um, The stipulation, obviously vegan, cruelty-free. and ethical but with the advent calendar everything is plastic free as well um just because typically advent calendars generate so much waste you know and they're normally in a really glossy box and even though the box is cardboard it often can't be recycled um so everything is plastic free the packaging is fully recyclable and yeah so we just it's just all the products i love and are they in mini version or are they are they full-sized no so we do full size so everything is full size in it so you get 24 full size products that's amazing because obviously with most advent calendars particularly beauty ones you get miniatures you might get a few full size products but the majority of them are quite small no no all of ours are full size well actually there's one that's a mini and that's a, a perfume and you get 10 mils instead of 30 just because perfume is such a personal thing I don't want to put in 30 mils and then for it just to be a waste you know if the fragrance isn't right or something yeah does that make but sense? yeah everything else is full size and the value of the contents is over 350 pounds what, and what does the calendar retail for out of interest um, it's 177.95 so you're sort of paying half what the retail would be for the individual products it's a lovely gift as well though isn't it yeah I mean the majority of the ones that sell are sold to men and it's for their wives like we get gift notes added and all sorts that's really yeah, lovely. lovely and so we are recording this well as you will know but nobody else will know in October <laughs> but when everyone listens to this it'll be November so um are we still gonna be able to get hold of these in November or are they going to sell out do you think um I mean it's difficult to know um obviously this year with the climate climate that we're in who knows we um the lot we've only done the advent calendar for three years this is our third year um and we have sold out every single year um but who knows? We've oh. st- we've still got a volume of stock now left. They're selling well and they're selling frequently. But as it stands today in October, we still have stock. And I'd imagine we still have a few left in November too. Okay. So if you're listening to this and you're interested, get over there quickly, I think is the message yeah. I'm taking <laughs> from this. Yeah. 
So something else obviously coming up in November is Black Friday. Now I know that you don't partake in that and that you do Greener Friday instead. So can you tell us a bit about that please? Yeah, of course. So um, as an ethical business, Black Friday just doesn't feel ethical to me at all. Um, It's just about mass consumerism and discounting stuff that's not selling and people just stockpiling, sorry for my language, crap, which just ends up in landfill, which as you know, planet faced and focused business, I just can't subscribe to that. So what we try and do is, um, I think we've done it for four years now, is we plant, well, every order we, we, we have, we plant one tree anyway, all year round. But during Black Friday weekend, we plant 10 trees per order in the hope that it will negate some of the carbon footprint of the other businesses out there as well. Oh, that's amazing. And I didn't realise you planted a tree per order anyway. You kept that yeah. quiet. <laughs> that's yes, sorry. Yeah, we've planted over um, 13,500 trees so far. Wow, that's a huge impact. That's yeah, amazing. isn't it great? Isn't it great? That's really yeah. great. Thank you. Oh. Um, something else I'd like to talk about, if that's okay, because I did see this on, I think I might have seen this on social media, but you do say if you don't want to talk about it, is I know that sure. there was a big retailer earlier this year that you had, um, you know, that you were, uh, really went into business with. Um, yeah. Is that something you don't mind sharing? And obviously you don't only go into as much detail as you feel comfortable, because I just think it might be quite eye-opening for other businesses that are listening. Yeah, I'm, you know what, like I, I'm totally fine with sharing it because I, d- I don't see why you would hide it. Like that's their policy and that's, they approached me. Um, but I, I was approached by Phil Unique, who are one of the biggest, you know, UK beauty retailers in, you know, as it stands. And they wanted me to set up a shop in their shop and I'd have my own page and the products would look the same to the customer. Um, and what they would do is they would take commission off everything I sell. And then they would send me the orders and I would send them out like they'd been ordered from my website. Um, now, I asked a few questions because it all looked very normal in the emails that, that were going back and forth at the beginning. And I don't know, this is where my spiritual side comes in, because it was almost like someone whispered it in my ear. Um, and I said to them, is, is there a contract in place that if, if I bring a brand on board and they sell really well, is there anything to protect my business? Um, and basically, it turns out that if I, if I came on board with all the brands I was selling and some of the brands sold well, they would just buy them in themselves. And then I contractually can't sell them because they are then sold by them. So they were basically using me and my stock to test out what brands were selling well. Which just sits, it's just so unethical. I mean, that is how you, in my opinion, that's how you screw small businesses over. You know, it's just. Absolutely. Because I mean, let's face it, they're. Their competition, well, not competition, they are kind of competition anyway, as in if you were on their website, presumably you'd still have your own website going as yeah. well. So you would be, yeah, that that's really, that's, I'm trying to think of the right word, I mean, uneth- apart from unethical, but yeah, it, it seems to me that they knew that you would be at a disadvantage and they didn't yeah. really care. No, no. And I mean, worst case scenario, I come on and I start signing up with their website 
and I list my 5,000 products and let's say I've got 100 brands that I retail and they all sell well, they'll just get all those 100 brands in, you know, and their marketing power, their business power, their budgets, everything is so much higher. I think they'd put me out of business very quickly. I think so too. I was just about to say that they could effectively just take everything you were doing and do it for themselves and overnight your business is gone because suddenly because there will be people who I I don't actually you know I don't shop on feel unique so I don't know if they do sell any ethical products at the moment um but let's assume that they do let's hope they do so there might be people who are already buying bits and pieces from there anyway and then suddenly they can get everything they're buying from you over there I'm not saying that you won't have loyal customers who'll stick with you because I'm sure you will yeah there are also those other types of consumers who are going to be like well I'm on feel unique anyway so yeah I'll just fill my basket here because it's more convenient so yeah that's yeah that's really not on is it um no. and I'm thank you for being honest and sharing that because I do think it's eye-opening because we all like to think well I certainly do I'm one of life's optimists I like to think that there aren't people out there trying to take advantage of us but of course there no. are and and also I think it was great that you asked that question as well because it's all too easy to get caught up in the excitement of something oh I've been approached by this brand and they want to do this with me and obviously it would be huge for you but as you say it it might have only lasted five minutes yeah I mean it it potentially would have it potentially would have made my business I mean their their turnover is millions and millions each year you know which is nowhere near where I am currently and I did, I got very excited when I saw that email come in. But yeah, I'm glad I asked the question too. Yeah, so I think that's a, such a good point to sort of make sure that you really go into the fine print and perhaps even, you know, if you're not confident doing that yourself, find someone else. Because I'm sure we, I'm sure there are people out there that can do this sort of thing for you if, if you're not confident enough to know, okay, what should I be asking and what should I be asking to see? I'm yeah. sure you can get someone on board to to help with this as well because... And were, and were they out of interest willing to negotiate when you sort of said okay that's not on what was their response no so I actually approached them and I thought you know what if if we can do two years where I have exclusivity on the brands that I'm selling that I'm bringing on board that you can't stock them and they refused flat out right they just said we wait we would we wouldn't sign a contract like that hmm. and that was the end of the conversation because I'm I'm not I'm not going to join. No, of course not. That I'm just I I'm I am still quite shocked that because it's because based on that it does seem that yeah there was no intention of this being a negotiation, which no. is a, which is a shame because actually I think I gen- and I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you but I genuinely think you would have brought something to them as well and obviously they could see the potential because they asked you, so yeah it is it is a shame it had to end that way. Yeah, I mean. I'm I'm glad it did though. I mean, if I'd signed up, I think it was earlier this year this happened. If I'd signed up, my turnover and the volume of sales coming in and out would be much higher now. But God knows what would have happened in a year's time, you know? Yeah, I think I think you're right. It would have been perhaps great in the short term, but yeah, long term, as you said, it could have destroyed your business. Yeah. That's I think it probably really would have done, scary. to be honest. Yeah. That's yeah, that's really, really scary. <laughs> so let's talk about some happy things. Um, yeah. Because I have seen that recently you have had loads of award wins. 
I'm not exaggerating no. when I say loads, am I? No, no, you've it's been an loads. amazing year. Yeah. yeah. Tell us, tell us about some of the awards you've won and how they came about. Um, so it's it's kind of mind blowing to be honest this year. Um, you can obviously we're on video, you can see all the awards behind me on the wall. I must have about 15 frames up there with different awards now. Um, this year, probably the biggest win for us was best online retailer with the natural beauty retail awards which is huge because um businesses that have won that in the past have been really big retailers so for a small independent like myself to win it was yeah i mean i still remember the evening that i heard and i just screamed so loudly my poor neighbors were probably like because i was at home what is going on <laughs> um so yeah that was a really big one that was um put together by the people who run the natural organic products events in London so it's it's a very prestigious award um in the natural beauty realm um and then I also for the third year running recently found out I'm on the who's who of natural beauty which is like a top 25 list of the most influential people in the in the natural beauty world which again you know it's the winner every year I've been in it actually the woman who runs Weleda in the UK has won and Weleda obviously such a massive brand so you know it's so great to be placed in that and um, I'll find out next month although if you're listeners it'll be this month um, I'll find out sort of towards the end of November how I did because I'm a finalist for the health and beauty great British entrepreneur of the year award oh, wow. so yeah busy busy awards really busy and amazing and it's a lot of work as well because obviously entering these awards takes a lot of, takes a lot of work is that something you're I'm just curious is that something you're doing yourself because that is a lot of work yeah um it's interesting actually so I refuse to pay for awards I, I think any award that's worth worth it is not paid for I think there are exceptions I think some of like the beauty shortlist awards if I created my own products, I'd probably pay for those to go in because they're a prestigious award. Um, but like the best online retailer, they actually contacted me and asked me to enter. So they'd brilliant. obviously already, yeah, they'd obviously already decided. And it was very easy. I just had to put in contact details and that was kind of it. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like pages and pages of forms. Oh, that's good. But I guess you still, I mean, are you you still having to keep on top of what awards are coming on and what you want to be in the mix for? Um, To be honest, I don't really pay a lot of attention to it. I'm too, you know, for all your listeners who run a business, especially at Christmas time, it's just way too busy to keep an eye on what's going on in terms of what awards are coming up. So, I mean, if something crosses my path and I think, oh, I'd quite like that, then I might enter, but I don't. I don't go out of my way, really. That's really reassuring because of all the success success you've had, you could be mistake. You know, as I was thinking, gosh, you must be putting a lot of time into this. So it's really reassuring to know that you're not putting tons of time and effort in, but you're still doing. No. I mean, that that says a lot about your business, yourself, and your business, to be honest. But that's thank you. That's really good to know um and I guess all of those award wins have they helped with the other things like PR opportunities um I could probably use the PR more to be honest I'm not my my background is beauty and IT so so far from marketing and PR and everything 
So I'm sure I could do more with it. Um, I have got a little bit of local press from it, but that's kind of been about it, to be honest. That makes sense. Um, and I think as well, because we all have our, we all come, depending on what background you come from, I think we all have the things that we're naturally good at and experienced yeah. at. And those tend to be the things that we spend the majority of our time on. So how are you getting the word about your business out there? Is it mostly social media or, or what are you doing to, to spread the word and find customers? Um, it's a bit of a mix, to be honest. Social media, definitely. I mean, in this day and age, who couldn't be? Um, we also do things like Google ads, the shopping ad campaigns. I mean, as a product based business, you couldn't not be on there. I mean, that's that's that that's probably generates you know, apart from returning customers, I would say that probably generates 80% of our new customers. That's really interesting, as I've obviously spoken to probably, I want to say hundreds now of product businesses, and you are the yeah. first person to specifically talk about Google Shopping. Really? Which isn't to say, wow. that nobody else, isn't to say nobody else is doing it, because I'm sure yeah. that other businesses are. I just think it's something that perhaps people aren't talking about or it just doesn't occur to them or maybe I just haven't asked the question um but that's really that's really interesting and are you finding that that's effective for you oh you are, obviously are how is that something that took time to to get working for you because when I was selling products I dabbled with google shopping and I, I actually found it quite hard to get conversions um is it something you've had to work on or is it being fairly straightforward from the start I would definitely say it's a dark art. Um, as a business owner, I am already short of time. So it's one of the things I think, you know, why attempt, especially when you're playing with money, you know, why attempt to do something that you're not really sure about? So I do actually outsource that to a, a Google ad specialist and they run my accounts. Um, I have been between agencies before and you see, you know, the return on ad spend drop. So I would say, you know, if anyone wants to give it a go, it's definitely worth it. But I would definitely say find someone who's, who's you know, local to yourself, who's got a good reputation and who can do it for you. That's really useful. Thank you. Because that was definitely my experience was that I just couldn't get my, my head around it, really. And... No, and I've tried and I can't either. <laughs> yeah and, I, and I'm you know fairly adept at other sorts of advertising but that I just I couldn't work so that yeah that's that's quite reassuring for me personally but also really good advice yeah. for people and I think it sounds like for anyone who's interested in it but has been thinking oh I'm not sure because I don't really know how it works I think finding an expert is definitely the way to go 100 percent. yeah it's very complicated and if you if you had all the time in the world, you could probably sit and learn it. But as business owners, who who has time for that? <laughs> None of us. And that actually brings me on as well. If we, as you mentioned that now you have a small team, so can we just talk a tiny bit um, before we finish up about how you've grown your your team and the things that you um, things that others do for you versus what you're doing yourself? Because I think a lot of the business owners that I speak to are still running the businesses by themselves or with a partner so yeah. it's quite interesting to know what what growing and expanding the team can look like yeah um I mean obviously it's also limited by budget as well so yeah, as you grow you can outsource more which is a, is a point I'm looking forward to um but I mean for me personally I know the limitations of what I can and can't do so while I've got an IT background my expertise is not website building so I have a team of developers that I work with 
Um, I work with a marketing chap who does my Google ads. He also does social media ad campaigns for me. Um, and I have an accountant as well, because, you know, year-end accounts, who wants to be doing that? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, no, no. And I, I also work with a social media expert as well. He's, he's helping me build my social media following and the interaction rate and things like that. So that's really helpful. And then I have a couple of people in-house who help with things like packing orders, like the day-to-day, unpacking stock orders, ordering stock, that sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, because as we mentioned earlier, stock must be a massive thing. And I guess, yeah, where about you? Where, um, do you actually have a facility for storing all the stock now? Yeah, so we're based in a warehouse in Little, Little Hampton in West Sussex. Um, and we actually share the warehouse with two other businesses, which is lovely because then you've got a bit of a community as well. Although they do, they're both vegan bakers, which is very tempting a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's amazing. And I'm assuming that your team has, has grown over time. And as you've sort of sort of had the budget and also the, I guess, the need to, to, to outsource part of it. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for all that you shared today, Vic. Um, and I'm going to have links to everything over in the show notes. People can go and take a look at your site and have a look at the product range that you have. Um, I have one final question, which I ask everybody who comes on, which is what would your number one piece of advice be for other business owners? Particularly, I think those looking to create a, maybe, perhaps not a similar business in the sense of it being a vegan business or an ethical business, um, but a business in which you're selling other people's products, perhaps. One piece of advice. I think if I could go back and do it all again, I'd probably work out a way to work with experts from the beginning. And I know that makes it difficult because there's not always the budget to do that. But the challenge is, you know, you could spend five years doing your own ad campaigns or your own accountants. And it just it just will take you so much longer. And it's more, not only it's a time thing, it's also the efficiency thing. That so makes I, sense. I would say, you know, do your best to invest as much as you can on getting the right people in board. I think that makes total sense because often you can end up redoing things as well. Yeah. I had the experience with my website that I made myself and I used website builder and it looked okay. But when you think of the top, you know, it's still not free and it takes time. And then yeah. years later, I ended up having to get someone to build a completely new one because it just, you know, for many reasons wasn't working. I mean, it is a bit of a false economy, isn't it? Whereas re- really, if you can get something right from the start, it does set you up better but also yeah just reduces all that I think it's mostly the time element isn't it just the the time that you waste by attempting to do everything and I do know that budgets don't always make it possible but I think I think that's good advice if you are able to invest I think it's about thinking the where where any budget you do have is best spent as well definitely yeah it's really tricky I think um when we first launched the website I think since then we've had four different versions and it just like you say it just takes time and effort so yeah well thank you so much for that and for everything else that you shared I found I love talking to you hearing more about your business it's been really good thank you thank you so much for having me 
Thank you so much for listening right to the end of this episode. Do remember that you can get the full back catalogue and lots of free resources on my website, vickyweinberg.com. Please do remember to rate and review this episode if you've enjoyed it and also share it with a friend who you think might find it useful. Thank you again and see you next week. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.